Let me say I'm torn today because uh, if you're just listening to today's podcast, you're going to enjoy it. If you are watching the podcast, you might enjoy it more or be horrified. And I'm not going to explain it more than that. Uh, But anyway, today we start with Andrew Cuomo. Hey, she was just taking dictation. (laughs) We have that also how pedophilia is being uh, normalized in our society and a congressman who says uh, the Wuhan virus, it is very clear it came from the lab and he has evidence. We talk about that and so much more on today's podcast. It's a big day when somebody on this uh, show has a vacation day and they decide (laughs) I'm not taking it. Stu uh, was supposed to be on vacation, supposed to be leaving today, and he's actually going to leave the show early today. But he could not leave because today is like his Pearl Harbor. (laughs) Today is uh, is a big day for Stu. The man who has created Andrew Cuomo is awful dot com months ago. And uh, happy birthday, Stu. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I want to be clear. I did not come in uh, off of a vacation because you had bandages all over your face. Oh, no. And I wanted to be part of all that. No, I said to you yesterday, Mm -hmm. could you do the show for me? Like, I'm on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you, Stu. Uh, Uh, So, Andrew Cuomo, Mm. it's interesting to watch. I went through the entire report yesterday uh, and... There's a lot in there. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were 11 different accusers. There's a couple in there that were upset at certain comments and stuff that, uh, you know, maybe you could brush off as not Mm -hmm. as serious as the others. There's some really really serious ones. One interesting thing that I have not heard anyone mention, if you remember the beginning of the sexual harassment stuff with Cuomo, Mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about him, you know, murdering thousands of elderly people. Oh, no, that's 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 a totally different scale. That's not as... (laughs) That's not as important as this. Nothing in here about Mm. murdering old people. That's not in this particular report. This one is about the sexual harassment. And the first thing we heard was Lindsay Boylan. And she came out and she wrote a long post about her interactions with with, uh, Governor Cuomo. One of the first things she said that had any traction whatsoever was that she was on a private plane with Andrew Cuomo and others. Mm -hmm. And he started saying, you know, let's play strip poker. Remember this? Hey, hey. let's play strip poker. Eh? I was talking about zip strip. I was saying maybe we uh, uh, take the stairs in the executive mansion, take them down to the original wood. That's what I was talking about, stripping the paint off. <laughs> Not stripping like she thought. She completely died. misunderstood. Uh, however, there's an update to that story in the report. It says... Um, Ms. Boylan wrote this medium piece, and then they released a statement, if you remember, the Cuomo administration with multiple people signing it, saying, we were on each of these October flights, and this conversation did not happen, end quote. But during our investigation, one of the individuals who joined the statement, Mr. Zemsky, testified that he did, in fact, recall the governor making the comment about strip poker on the plane. 
Uh, listen, that's so we were on the plane, but I was talking about a Volvo, the car. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> See, I, every, you know, look, Andrew Cuomo should step down for the for the, the well-being of the state and the country. But I would really miss your Andrew Cuomo impression if yeah. he does. Oh, well, I don't want right. it well, to go away. We can keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> so they went through 74,000 documents. Uh, interviewed a couple hundred people. Um, the biggest accusation is 74,000 74, documents. 74,000 uh, like wow. tons of they have tons of texts about all of these uh, incidents. People who were making these accusations texting their friends right after they supposedly yeah, occurred. I mean, it, it is, I mean, it, it's bad. Yeah, but it, it, all of this is uh, some uh, some of it sounds like uh, it wasn't a big deal, right? right? But, some of it sounds like just for example, there's a nurse who who is there was a, a statement made by Cuomo, kind of like, yeah, you make that gown look nice. Oh, look, is yeah, that something he I should mean, be saying? No, no, as the governor. But is that something to remove him from office? No, no. no. Executive assistant one. And it used to be something you could kind of say in society, right? Sure, it's yeah. Men uh, could compliment women, right? At here's some a, point, sure, but here's I, the thing. You can't yeah. now. I mean, do you guys know any more anybody more huggy than me? Yeah, you're, 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 uh, in real hug, life, no, yeah. you're in real, pretty huggy. You'll what hug, does it mean no. in real life? Well, I've so like Andrew Cuomo. I've seen him on TV. Okay, and he's yeah, more no. huggy than you. Okay, so uh, I, but, I'm a yeah. very huggy person. Yeah. No one has ever filed a complaint. No one has ever filed a complaint. That's right. not to There's say that's not yeah. because yeah. that's not what we're talking about. What you do is not what we're talking about. Right. We're right. talking about a guy but who's copping feels. Right. But mm-hmm. that's what he's, that's what he's the, doing. He's claiming that yeah, I just hug people. Right. No, that's you know, when you I hug, do. you know, I'm hugging. And so I've got Parkinson's and sometimes <laughs> my hands Wait, you vibrate on their body. <laughs> 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 this is a well-defined strategy what you're talking about right there in the hug yeah. in the moment of taking the photo there was a lot of grabbage going on there was yes. a lot of uh, yeah. uh multiple women said while they were taking photos he would grab them on the rear end well there is one woman who claims he reached under her shirt and cupped her her breast yes you're talking about executive assistant one in the report and, and then they took a photo right after that yeah they, so during that's he weird. did it while they were taking a photo that's weird but because he did it the photo was incredibly blurry uh, it was a selfie in the in the mansion of the White House. Mm. Uh, they eventually did get a uh, a photo that was taken, and that's important because he denied taking the selfie, saying he'd never, he never he doesn't even like taking selfies. I don't take mm-hmm. selfies. Now, multiple other people testified that he did the same thing. Not mm. only did he ask her to take the selfie, but he told her he she could only share it with one person, another female assistant, and. They go through the, the 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 timeline here. It's very clear that he was trying to make the other one jealous. jealous. And um, she knew that at the and time. She knew that at the time. Yeah. They were friends. And they're both in here as accusers, by the way. Mm-hmm. Both the one who took the photo there, executive assistant one, plus McGrath, who's another one. He uh, is. Who, he is. Um, I mean, when he asked, what was it? Executive assistant number one. I'm trying to remember who it was. Mm-hmm. Who was the one uh, that asked him, what kind of girlfriend are you looking for? And there were he, several. He, he did that to several uh, people. He said to one of them, mm-hmm. uh, one, uh, someone who likes pain. Yes, uh, that was. I can't remember which one that was, but that was definitely in the report. Uh, I mean, that's the girlfriend he's looking for. Uh, let me give you some of the this is some of the worst stuff from the executive assistant one. And this is the stuff that really crosses the line from creepy behavior to criminal behavior uh, in many ways. Uh, she talks about how he would hug in a way. 
uh, you know how you I mean, you you said you're a hugger. Mm-hmm. There are ways you hug people that you're being friendly with, and there are ways That's you totally right. innocent. Yeah, she's saying that he would int- intentionally hold her really close to feel uh, her breasts against his body. Um, then she says uh, he would rub her back for long periods of time. Uh, and in a po- uh, again, this is a, this is a governor of a state and an executive assistant here. It's important to understand what this looks like. Uh, inappropriate interactions. Uh, left her so nervous she ate you said she would break out in hives and i thought to myself mm. that's you know I, I, I don't know like is that that's why i was licking her face <laughs> i thought maybe there was honey in those hives <laughs> but Cuomo actually confirms the hives thing saying that he noticed her with this blotchy skin on her neck and oh, assumed man. she was just being nervous because of his dictation which again i'm oh, glad he yeah. finished that word i um, knew it had the word in it. <laughs> I, I, think about this for a second here governor cuomo stood next to executive assistant one on her left as they took a selfie with the right hand this is the photo we were talking about as executive assistant one held up the camera the governor moved his hand to grab her butt cheek and began to rub it the, rub, the rubbing lasted at least five seconds now that doesn't take sound a, long but take it, a it moment th- look at your mm-hmm. clock if you have a, a second hand in front of you and Time out how long it would be to rub an executive okay. assistant's butt for five seconds. Here we go. Hand on butt now. Oh, my. <laughs> Hand off. <laughs> That's a lot That's of a rubbing. Lot of That's rubbing. a lot of rubbing. That's a lot of rubbing. Eventually, they get to a situation where they're in the, the mansion. Uh, and she, she and she's pretty credible here for a couple of reasons. Number one, she does say the thing that you mentioned, Pat. Uh, she he goes in for a kiss. He goes yeah. under her blouse, cups her breast, goes through all this this stuff uh, against uh, her will. And and long enough, by the way, that she said she looked at him and then looked down and could see. She describes his it. hand. Yeah, yeah. She describes mm-hmm. it. She says, "I mean, he was like cupping my breast. He cupped my breast. I have to tell you, at that moment, I was in such shock that I could just tell you. I remember looking down and seeing his hand, seeing his uh, the top of my bra, and I remember it being like a little even, even the cup, the kind of bra, to the point that I had to tell you that it didn't fit me properly. It was a little loose. I remember seeing exactly that. Um, he. I don't even understand what that means, but I'm going to go with it. Well, I mean, what she's she's she, saying. I mean, she looked down and she was like." Oh, you know, this doesn't fit me exactly right. But like doesn't she, keep predators out. Uh, it's funny that you're, you're mocking it because it's I actually thought of of something you said a million times when I read that, which is when you have a big, important moment in our life, you can see the yes. paint on your wall and remember the color of the paint yes. and the texture of the paint and mm. all of the weird details around. And yep. that's what she's citing here. Yep. She had a, a moment that was it was so traumatic. It froze in time. It froze in time. Yeah. What's interesting is this woman who is the biggest probably the worst complaint i mean there's multiple issues here. what year was it this is 2020 oh my god yeah so then, yeah, this how is, old were oh you my though? god I yeah mean, i yeah. was 12 this is i was know. 12 in 2020 <laughs> after the me too era right after yeah. uh, after, uh, after Cuomo yeah. two times mm-hmm. he not only he not only passes uh or puts in legislation that says everybody's gotta stop with this sexual harassment and defines it then he also comes out and starts to tweet and take a real hard stand on sexual predators. Yeah. Uh, amazing. And says there's a zero tolerance policy. Right. But the reason we know about this, which is interesting, mm-hmm. is that she, after all these accusations are coming out, she talks to her executive assistant friends. 
two, number two and number three in the report. And they believe because of the, the New York State handbook, they are required by rule to report this. So executive assistant one does not report it. She's not trying to sink Cuomo. The other two women go to the authorities and report it, and that's how this comes out. It really kind of makes it more believable. I think so, too. And there's multiple people like this. The the other big one that kind of came out yesterday is one we did not previously know about, which was a state trooper who Mm, was assigned to Cuomo's protection. Protection. Now, when I say he's assaulting the person, there's no protection for the woman who's providing him protection. Right. Mm. And when I say assigned to her protection... She was assigned to her, uh, to his protection only because Andrew Cuomo basically saw her and thought she was hot. So she is, and we know this, uh, at least most of this, uh, I, I, we don't have him on record saying it was because she was hot. But we do have records of her not being qualified for the job. So mm. she did not have enough experience to qualify as someone on his protective detail. And he forced it through because he wanted her on there he's claiming well i wanted diversity i wanted more women on 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 the protection right uh in fact to the point of he asked specifically for her this one woman there was other women there they didn't ask for them asked for this one woman to come on his protective detail uh the person who was in charge of this uh, said all right well i looked into it and she's not qualified so i'm not going to do anything Cuomo approaches this guy again and says, hey, where's my girl, basically? Like, I, I asked you to bring her on. Where is she? And he said, well, she's not really, uh, she's not qualified. She doesn't have enough experience. The next day, senior aide from the governor uh, governor's mansion calls the same person and says, hey, uh, by the way, we need to bring her on. We're adjusting the rules on this particular requirement. Hey, listen, uh, <laughs> look, like I say to all the babes, I got protection. You know what I'm saying? Bada-bing. <laughs> So uh, Cuomo's defense is, I do it with everybody. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. All right. All right. I mean, I guess that could have been Osama bin Laden's. Look, I blow up everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know? I sexually assault everybody. Yeah. I, uh, How dare you hunt me down for it? That's who I am. <laughs> if you commit genocide, you can't be charged with murder. Right. And I have right. done killing everyone. Yeah. That's uh, a pathetic defense. His defense was pathetic on so many levels. He also it was ex- creepy too. He, he did a weird the way he montage. delivered it was oh. weird. Uh, He's it was so just strange, awful. He well, did- I do have a dramatic re- recreation Ooh. of his oh. apology coming up. So, oh my good. gosh, I can't wait for this. See, this yeah. is I, this is a good day to skip vacation. Yeah. So, um, so this this trooper. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting part. There's a lot of interesting stuff that goes on with the media as well. He his office intimidates the media multiple mm-hmm. times. This trooper. <laughs> Somehow, one of the Albany papers got word of the story and was going to write about it. And the people in Cuomo's administration got ahead of it, called the, uh, I think it was the Albany Times Union, and basically threatened uh, the reporter and said, you can't say this about this officer because what you'd be saying is that she only got her job because she's attractive. And they had a female uh, aide do this so basically a female aide calling mm-hmm. a reporter and saying how dare you assume that because she was attractive she got this job women can do things and if you run this report you are saying women can't do things they're only there because they're attractive oh my gosh now utilizing this gender stuff the diversity stuff multiple times they use that as their defense it's almost like um 
they don't mean it. It's almost like they don't yeah. mean it. Glenn. Yeah. Did it work? Yeah. It did. They got they, they squashed the report. That's why wow. we didn't know about it until this thing came out. Uh, they also went after Lindsey Boylan. Uh, who was the first accuser, the one that is the strip poker accuser. Um, they went after her and leaked uh, leaked private stuff. personnel files yeah. to media sources mm. to the extent, and there's a couple media sources in there, who actively rejected them sending it, said, do not send me her personnel files, and they sent them anyway to reporters who said they did not want them. They still tried to trash her to the point where they printed them out and hand-redacted uh, these files so that other people wouldn't be seen in them. Uh, so this was not like, oh, gosh, I sent you the wrong file or, oh, gee. They actually printed them out, hand redacted them so that only she would be targeted in these particular complaints. I mean, th- this was a this is an operation and it's, it is a it is, in my mind, a criminal operation, not just from Cuomo, by the way. All of his top aides are all over the stuff, uh, t- uh, taking yeah. out and, and, yeah. and executing criminal requests on his behalf over and over so and over why again. is the state not going after him well i think they are i mean they're gonna they're gonna impeach him um, yeah, but now, they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not pressing any charges at least stefanik yesterday came out and said she thinks he should be not only impeached but arrested and okay. i think it, arguably that's true however you know i doubt you know look we know the realities of politics the idea that he's going to get arrested i think it's i think it's a small chance i think it's right but yeah but impeachment i think mm. look every democrat in the entire state is basically out there saying now he should not only uh, resign but be impeached you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program There is a new report out uh, now from the GOP and Congressman Michael McCall, a Republican from Texas, is here to tell us all about it. He is the one that uh, uh, ushered in its release. Hello, Michael. How are you, sir? Oh, good morning, Glenn. Thanks for uh, having me. You bet. Now, so your report, the GOP report, finds the Wuhan lab was carrying out some suspicious activity just before the start of the pandemic. What is the suspicious activity? Well, you know, it goes back to the summer of 2019, the Chinese CDC and uh, the actual director of the Wuhan lab expressed concern about the safety of the lab. Then they began these major renovations uh, that took place with respect to the air quality waste systems. In September the 12th, uh, they had this uh, genetic sequencing database uh, that they took offline in the middle of the night. Um, finally, they bring in uh, the top uh, general for chem bio, uh, chemical biological expert to really take over the Wuhan lab. This is in this is in basically September October timeframe. Uh, also, Glenn, we had the 2019 military World Games. Nine thousand athletes travel from around the world uh, to Wuhan. And then they, they describe it as a lockdown sort of ghost town. And many of them come back uh, infected with a flu-like virus consistent mm-hmm. with COVID. Um, finally, satellite imagery. Uh, it's shown a lot of, lot of cars going to the hospitals. And guess what's right in the middle of all the hospitals? Uh, the Wuhan lab. Well, that wet market was also just a couple hundred yards away, you know. I mean, it probably came from the wet market, don't you think? Yeah, that's that's a <laughs> classic <laughs> classic Chinese diversion. Uh, the Communist Party lies. 
they want you to think it's coming from the wet market when it's really coming uh, from somewhere else. And that's why they silence the doctors who start talking about this SARS-like virus. Remember, under international health regulations, they had to, were required to report this after SARS in 2004. Uh, but instead, they hide it. I call it the, the greatest cover-up in human history. Uh, I think it is. And I think it's the, uh, the biggest... Um but turning into the most disastrous thing in all of human history when it comes to uh, tragedies, this is, you know, the Titanic on a global scale. Um, <clears throat> you say that um, you believe it was leaked from the lab. And how did we find out that they were, you know, sending people in to change the air conditioning and, and all of that right before the leak was announced? Well, me and my team did a very thorough and exhaustive investigation. Uh, we have a classified annex to this, but this is really coming from open source. And we did we dug into on the internet quite a bit. Uh, they actually did uh, report some of this, and we we found it. Uh, I think you know, Glenn. What's most disturbing is what was actually happening at the lab at that time, uh, and the lack of safety protocols. Even our own State Department had two cables warning that the, you know, the safety protocols weren't being followed. And it's this gain of function, genetically modifying coronaviruses uh, to basically uh, manufacture in a lab a super SARS-like virus with an eye towards making a vaccine for it. Uh, and then they tried to cover that up. And uh, Peter Dozik is the main culprit here, the doctor who published papers with Dr. She, the bat lady, uh, remember, these bats are about a thousand miles away in a cave. Uh, they the specimens get taken all the way to Wuhan. Uh, this was not a naturally <clears throat> occurring event out of a cave. It was manufactured in the lab, and we have the 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 uh, papers uh, to prove it. They published papers about this genetic modification right. process, and they were doing uh, genetic modification on the lungs of mice at the same time. Uh, and injecting that coronavirus into the into the lungs of mice, we know in uh, over the summer. I mean, it, it is the paperwork and the paper trail is so very clear, and it leads to Fauci and Peter Dadzik. Uh, I mean, they were clearly doing that. They admitted they were doing this. The question is. Is anybody ever going to be asked to pay for this? Is Fauci and and Peter Daszak are they at least going to be uh, marked as part of the problem? Well, they need to be held accountable. Um, you know, you know. Unfortunately, the Democrats are in control. They need to be called to Congress to testify about this. We need a real investigation into this. You know, you talk about commissions. Why are we having a commission on this? Why aren't we holding China accountable? Why aren't we get, given access to the Wuhan lab? <clears throat> Those archive databases hold the smoking gun, the proof that we need to prove that what they were doing is directly related to COVID-19. But if you look what uh, Peter Dazic does, uh, he uh, conspires with, he's actually an agent of the People's Republic of China, writes this Lancet letter um, to debunk this conspiracy theory that it came from the lab. Remember at the time, President Trump was talking about it. Many Republicans like myself are pointing to the lab. So he gets 24 virologists to, to sign off on this 
medical uh, journal with his uh, science, which, and this will blow you away, they were literally able to, to they, could, they could take the man-made fingerprints off of this so it looked like it was naturally occurring, which is really sinister. And that's what they did. And, and so then they make this argument that it, it couldn't possibly have come from the lab. They lie to the world. And then Fauci is the one who endorses this and, and is complicit. And then you get into the NIH funding, uh, which we haven't talked about yet. But the idea, you know, that uh, Dowsick is getting funding. Yes. American taxpayer money from NIH going into the Wuhan lab. With the bat lady. Monster. Yeah. With the bat lady. And I don't know if you have. I should. uh, We should talk off air because we have been doing investigations of our own. And uh, we're about to. We're a couple of weeks away from releasing uh, some information on the cover up. Uh, The cover up is very, very clear. And there's a paper trail on it. Uh, And I don't know if you've you've seen it and all the players involved. But Fauci is at the top of this. Well, we've seen, you know, the, the emails, um, you know, uh, we want to know, you know, obviously NIH is approving the grant. There's a relationship with Dozic. Uh Even the other day, I think Fauci said, you know, we would be negligent, you know, not to have invested in the Wuhan lab, almost doubling down on this. Um, and we are going to get to the bottom of this, Glenn, whether it's the Democrats have no appetite for this. And I don't, under, you know, for the life of me, understand why, but they don't. They don't want to know how, what caused this and what can we do to stop it from ever happening again. But, but you and I do, and Republicans do, and it's our duty to the nation and the world to uncover the truth. So the American people are so tired of uh, some people, you know, January 6th people who did wrong. Um, they're in solitary confinement uh, and the people who were behind the riots all during the summer, the Antifa that has been doing things in Portland for two years, they get off scot-free. Andrew Cuomo, anyone, anyone else would be out by now, but I think he's actually going to fight it. Uh, luckily on that one, at least the president has come out and said he thinks he should resign, not demand it, but he thinks he should resign. Uh, we're tired of nobody being held responsible for any of the things that are happening. Are these people, a, are they going to be yeah. held responsible? Can they be held responsible in a, in a democratic uh, Congress? Uh, it's going to be hard because they, again, uh, I chaired the giant task force Glenn that they were going to participate in the beginning. And then plus he called it a diversion as we get closer to the election she thought it would favor President Trump, so she backed out of it. Um, we've we've called for hearings on this. They consistently uh, deny our ability to have a hearing on this. And that's quite frankly why we just wrote our own report on this. Uh, we're in the minority, but we have a responsibility uh, to speak the truth, come out with a report, and then to your po- point, hold those accountable and responsible f- for what they did. We're talking about four and a half million people dead now and tens of trillions of dollars in in economic devastation. And yet no one's held accountable. And you cited all the other events um, and and no one's held accountable there. Uh, And I think that's what people are are tired of. 
And, you know, I, I hope good patriots, you know, like you and, and, and myself, what we did with this report, finally telling the truth about what happened, uh, we'll hold those accountable. I hope so, too, Michael. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Congressman Michael McCall of the great state of uh, Texas. You can follow him on Twitter at Rep McCall, K-M-C-C-A-U-L, uh, or you can find him at McCall.house.gov. Thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate it. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Yesterday on the program, I spent uh, this time, 20 minutes, talking about an article that I read in The Federalist, and I wanted to get the author on. His name is Spencer Lindquist. He's a college student from Pepperdine University and an intern at The Federalist, and he wrote a fantastic column that I think everyone should read. The left has a pedophilia problem, and it's out in the open. Let's go to uh, Spencer. Hi, Spencer. Hi, thank you for having me on today. You bet. Um, I, 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 I found your um, uh, article not just fascinating, but incredibly brave. Uh, you're exposing things that the left does. I mean, it is part of their religion. I really, truly believe it's part of their religion, and they don't want it discussed the way you did. Well, thank you. That's absolutely right. And what we're seeing right now is that the left's ideology is completely devoid of any form of limiting principle. So they have degraded the sexual ethic of our country and of our civilization ever since the sexual revolution. And right now, the latest casualty in that revolution is going to be the innocence of children uh, if the right does not put a stop to this. So let me ask, Spencer, is there anything more degrading than that? I mean, I think we're at the bottom of the slippery slope, the one that they said didn't exist. I think this, uh, it's turning out that the slope is uh, less of a slope and more of a cliff. Yeah. Uh, and we are tumbling down to that breakneck speed. And the way that we are seeing this attempt to normalize pedophilia, I mean, we're seeing this. And there's a New York Times article the other day that referred to the rape of a 13-year-old as trading sex. This is a homeless 13-year-old. Uh, and, and this was referred to as trading sex. Uh, I've had conversations with people uh, through my work with my YouTube channel called The Pendulum, where people have told me at Pride Parade that they are, quote, down for the kink with kids. Uh, we are seeing we are seeing horrible, horrible pushes to normalize pedophilia from outlets like New York Times, The Washington Post, Vice. Uh, this is a coordinated push, and this is a top-down push from elite interests in our society. I'm just looking at the uh, articles from Vice. Are they the worst offender of this? Because there's, what, 10 articles here. This eight-year-old drag queen doesn't care what the haters say. Photos of the fabulous kids of RuPaul's drag convention. Meet the child stars of the controversial new wave of drag. A pedophile opens up about being targeted by vigilantes. A child rape victim on why society should be more empathetic to pedophiles. Most child sex abusers are not pedophiles, experts say. I spent a year with a non-offending pedophile. I mean... How about this one? The current misconception is that every pedophile is a child molester, and if they're not, it's just a matter of time. It's important to show the world that that is just not the case. Those are all from Vice. 
And in one of those articles, they were discussing the, the idea of, of non-offending pedophiles. And one of the pedophiles who they cited in that piece had actually been a foster parent and had been accused of raping a young girl. So what they are doing is not only irresponsible, because they are well aware of the consequences. And this is not about tolerance or acceptance or love is love. Those are all rhetorical tools that are being used to advocate for the normalization of pedophilia. And if weak conservatives grant them that frame that this is about tolerance and acceptance, then we are not going to do the exact thing that conservatives are tasked with doing. If we cannot conserve the innocence of youth, we have no business calling ourselves conservatives in the first place. I don't know. I don't know what's happening to my fellow Americans. Um, All this stuff is going on and we don't seem to do anything about it. We're just starting to, I guess, accept it as inevitable. I think what we what we have to realize as a country is that these small bites that have been taken out of uh, out of our, our ethics, out of our uh, out of our belief in, in, in really just basic decency, um, let alone let alone religious faith, um, and the wave of secularization, is that these small bites will never stop. And one day we'll wake up and we'll see exactly what's going on right now happening on an even larger scale. I mean, we have academics. In Ivy League institutions, there is a, an associate professor named Joe Fischel, and he, in a piece called Keep Pride Nude, he argued that children should be exposed to adult nudity, to indecent exposure at pride parades. So we are seeing this from some of the most powerful institutions in our society, from powerful media outlets like the Washington Post and the New York Times to the premier academic institutions like Yale, Ivy League institutions. And we need to understand that this is a top-down push. The American people do not want this. There is no grassroots desire for this. This is something that has been foisted on us by the elites in our country, and it seems that they have some sort of vested interest in quickly normalizing pedophilia. As the GQ writer over in the UK, someone needs to create porn for children. Hear me out. Young teens are already watching porn, but they're finding hardcore aggressive videos that give terrible view of sex. They need entry-level porn, a softcore site where everyone asks for consent and no one gets choked. Absolutely, absolutely disgusting. And uh, the one thing I think that we can be thankful about is that they are so out in the open about this. They are so out in the open. They, they have become emboldened, uh, and, and they believe that this is something that the American people are going to accept. Uh, but what it is, is it's a humiliation ritual, quite frankly, because they think that if we'll accept this, then what won't we accept? What agenda will we not accept if the degradation of our youth is allowed to continue? I, I don't think there's been a time in American history where the youth have been uh, in more danger than right now. You send them to school where they're supposed to be taught the things that we all supposedly believe in. They're taught to hate their country. They're taught to either uh, say they can't make it because they're uh, not white, or if they are white, that they are responsible and should be guilty all the time. Uh, then they get they get online uh, and they can they can see and engage in anything. Pedophiles are now openly coming out. And we are being the society is being numbed to the point to where we're not standing up uh, about this. And I have to tell you, I just I mean, I don't. Can you think of a time in American history, any time in American history where our children were in this much danger? 
None whatsoever. I can't think of any time in our history that, that children have been in so much danger. And, and quite frankly, what we need to do, and one of the first steps of the solution is to cast off any form of belief that the insults or the framing that the left uses is legitimate or in good faith in the slightest, because it isn't. When you're called a homophobe or a bigot, you have to understand that these are buzzwords that are used to try and threaten your livelihood, threaten your career, threaten your reputation. But there's a whole lot more risk than just our reputations or our careers. The future of our country is at risk. The innocence of America's children is at risk. And if we don't stand up for that, then we have, once again, we have, we have no business calling ourselves conservatives. So, this is one of the defining fights of our time. Um, one of the things in your article that I was not aware of was the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. And they performed a song with... I thought pretty revealing lyrics. You think we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked? Fine. Just this once, you're correct. Then they followed up with we'll convert your children happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you'll barely notice it. Now, they say that this is a joke, but I think the left always does this. They'll say this was just an academic paper or this was a joke. But in this case, you seem to prevent, uh, pr- uh, present evidence that it is definitely not a joke, at least to a lot of people in this choir. It very much seems that it is not a joke in the slightest. The two people uh, that, that actually wrote this song, they recently, uh, they recently wrote a play that's all about Bachabazi, which translates to boy play. Uh, and that is a, a, a very, very disgusting, disgusting tradition uh, in certain areas of the Middle East. Uh, where can you can you can you without becoming graphics explain what that is uh, so Bajabazi translates to boy boy play and um, essentially there are young young boys who are groomed um, for to, to dance for men and, and it goes farther than just dancing um, but they've, they've built an entire play around this and then these are the people who are, who are writing this song, and we're supposed to believe that this is just a joke. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. And there is a consistent trend of this happening in society. So once they got called out on it, they tried to walk it back. We cannot let them walk it back. This is disgusting. We have to call it out for what it is. So who is, who is the main source? Who should we be um, looking at uh, to, I don't know, boycott, speak out. What, what should we do? Because it doesn't seem like anybody in Washington is doing anything about anything. The first thing that we have to do is for all the parents out there, you have to understand that your children's mind, uh, your children's safety, your children's future is at risk. And our first responsibility is, is to, to our youth uh, and, and to defending the youth in your life who you have the ability to guide and protect. Uh, and past that, there is no way around this other than to engage in, in social shaming. Uh, people who say that we should be sexualizing children, uh, they should have no seat at the table. If, there, if there's any, any uh, use for cancel culture, it is for people who are pushing for the normalization of pedophilia. This is completely intolerable and has to be treated as such. Why do you feel so passionately about this? I mean, you know, there's a, there's a ton of things going on, and you don't hear a lot of people talking about this. Is it just because nobody's talking about it? That really is a huge part of why I'm so passionate about this. And also, it, it's just about, um, I mean, what, what, what do we want our future society to look like, right? The people who are going to shape our society 
are the young men and women. Young, you know, boys and girls will eventually be the men and women who lead this country. Uh, and if we allow the left to, to poison them, uh, whether through uh, things of a sexual nature, uh, like I discussed in, in my article, or through critical race theory that teaches them to hate themselves and each other, if we allow the youth uh, to be completely captivated and controlled by the left, we have a very dark future ahead of us. If we do not defend them, then everything else, every policy disagreement is mm-hmm. completely around. Uh, you are chief of staff of the California College Republicans. Um, just a real quick comment on how you think things are going to work out with Gavin Newsom. And uh, I saw the poll numbers today. Uh, it looks like it's getting very, very close. And one Republican seems to be standing out. Well, the California College Republicans, uh, our board just unanimously voted to endorse Larry Elder. Uh, so I'm very, very excited for his campaign. And the California College Republicans are very, very excited to to take a role in supporting him. Uh, Newsom has absolutely his administration has been a train wreck for California. And we've seen a state that is already that is already been struggling, um, just absolutely, absolutely decline it, it at a breakneck pace. Uh, I've, I've seen San Francisco. And if you look at it, when I was a child, when I went there on family day trips uh, versus now, um, it, it has gotten immeasurably worse. And. The Newsom administration is largely responsible for a lot of the decline that we've seen in recent years. Mm. Spencer, thank you so much. God bless. Keep up the good work. An intern at the Federalist, college student at Pepperdine, Spencer Lindquist. Na, na, na.